Mana or Meatloaf, episode 48. Challenge accepted. Hello, hello. So first off, I wanted to thank every single one of you who shared your valuable insights with me this week. Your thoughts, ideas, experience, and insight will make up the practical bulk of this episode, and it added to my understanding so, so, so much. So thank you. So I want to jump right in where this whole conversation culminated a couple of weeks ago. In a world that is largely focused on a whole lot of self, I still maintain that looking outside of ourselves to seeing and meeting the needs of others through selfless service is a Christ-like attribute that we should all be attempting to model as we strive to become more like Him. Selfishness, the overindulgent focus on self, is a trait that competes against humility, meekness, and charity. Selfishness can destroy relationships, including family and marriages, and those with our Father in Heaven and Jesus Christ, among others. In contrast, I remembered what the Savior taught His disciples in Mark 10, verses 42-45 through 45 of the New Testament, when personal recognition was being sought after. Quote, But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. End quote. Like I said in my last episode, that this one piggybacks. I believe that the Lord needs and expects us to be His hands on earth to minister to and serve others selflessly, just like He did. H. Burke Peterson, in his April 1981 General Conference address, said, quote, In one of the most important declarations of what it means to be a true disciple of the Master, Alma describes in clarity and simplicity the covenant and responsibility of one who would enter the waters of baptism. In the 18th chapter of Mosiah, Alma describes the conduct of a true follower of the Savior, a true disciple, for he said, quote, And now, as ye are desirous to come into the fold of God, and to be called His people, and are willing to bear one another's burdens, that they may be light, yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn, yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort, and to stand as witnesses of God at all times and in all things, he continued, if we are to be the Savior's disciples, if we are to be like Him, then we must serve one another. Then we must assume responsibility to help with one another's needs. Then we must assist each other through the thorny pathways of life. It was paraphrased in The Prince of Peace by William Jennings Bryan, quote, How prudently most men sink into nameless graves, while now and then a few forget themselves into mortality, end quote. Oh, I love that. That's powerful writing right there. Being selfless is a very important thing to strive toward. I think we've established that. But I also admitted in the previous episode, The Challenge, that you can practice selflessness to a fault and lose yourself and put your own care last on the to-do list entirely, if not careful, which is not good. Oh, I'm there, people. One of my favorite things that President Thomas S. Monson said, among the millions of wonderful things he said, is that, quote, if you want to give light to others, you have to glow yourself. End quote. And we know that we certainly can't glow if we're not tending to the basic needs we have physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You simply can't pour water from an empty pitcher or any other analogy you wish to use there. 
I referred to it last week, but I love the reminder from Luke 5.16 that even Jesus Christ himself would sometimes withdraw temporarily from all the needs of all the people. I'm going to briefly recap for you. This certainly wasn't selfish, right? It's so easy for us to see that this helped him regroup, recenter his focus on his Father in heaven, pray and gain strength to serve with renewed energy. Why, then, don't we grant ourselves that kind of permission and that kind of grace? Obviously, taking good care of yourself is a very important thing to take care of as well. The topic of self-care here could be an episode entirely unto itself. You know that. But it's the balance between the two that I want to peek into today. Because when I feel overworked, exhausted, stressed out, and strung out too thin, the pendulum feels far too heavy on the serving end. So balance, therefore, seems like the perfect remedy, doesn't it? But one thing I've realized is that if I can't define what that balance looks like, then I can't shoot for it. It's just like this Cheshire cat in Alice in Wonderland said when he said, quote, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, end quote. I had to take a good, hard look at what balance really looks and feels like to me, and that will probably be very different for each of us based on our individual responsibilities, relationships, and desires. So one of the things that I started doing again this week was I started journaling again. Now, I've recommended this and done it on and off effectively for years, but as you can probably guess... (laughs) I've fallen out of the habit. What a concept. Seeing my thoughts on paper, for me anyway, helps me really sort them out. It helps me see what's kicking around in my head in a way that brings clarity. When I began visualizing what balance looked like for me personally in a daily or weekly overview, I could see what and where I needed to add things to increase the balance in my life physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Only when the idea of balance is clearly defined will we know what we want to work toward. That makes sense, right? That's what I've been practicing for the past few weeks. And guess what? I'm already feeling so much better. I highly recommend it to you. So then I pose the question to all of you. How do you balance serving selflessly and caring for your own needs? I was glad to find that I wasn't alone in being a little off kilter in this balance. I could not believe how many people said something to the effect of, well, when you get it figured out, will you let me know? (laughs) The balance can be tricky for sure. I know I'm not alone there. But yet again, so many of you came to my rescue and brought your personal expertise to share. Thank you. Jessica said, I have found that as I take care of my family and serve them, that quite often I receive a prompting to serve someone else. As these promptings have become more frequent, I typically double my bread recipe now or make extra soup so that I'm prepared to take my excess to others. It doesn't take any more time or effort, just takes being in tune and hearing him. I also get up early to fill my bucket and have a little more me time so that I can give more to others throughout the day. I love that idea of making extra to share with others. So many things freeze that it would be easy to be prepared to serve whenever the need arises if you did that, right? And so many of you shared the same advice about getting up earlier to find more time for yourself. There's a real secret there. 
My little sister Julie shared, I believe that if you are serving selflessly, you are doing it willingly, which makes it a priority. Then when we are done serving selflessly, we feel amazing. And if we have good feelings about things we've done, it's much easier to care for our own well-being. I think it's a very healthy cycle, especially if you've been on the receiving end of service and you know how much it means to you. Isn't that the truth? Marilee sent the following message. There is a delicate balance. I've learned that the counsel to not run faster than we have strength is true. We can't do everything, but we can do something with a smile. I love that. Oh, why can it sometimes be so stinking hard to remember? Oh, I really appreciated the note my sweet friend Pam sent. She is truly one of those people in tune to the spirit as much as almost anyone I know. She said, For me, serving helps me care for myself. If I'm serving, I'm healing that which needs my attention in most cases. Oh, that is profound. Of course it is. It's Pam. I'm going to remember that. That thought really helped me align my priorities. These thoughts echoed Bob's, who added, When I do service, whether it's willingly or on assignment, the pure joy I feel afterward is amazing. I love it so much, and it recharges me mentally and emotionally. I love how she said that whether she does it willingly or whether on assignment, it doesn't matter, right? Makes you think about whether it's serving or being served by serving, doesn't it? Lana had great insight. I feel like when I go about doing good, serving and trying to be the Lord's hands, He lovingly takes care of me. I feel lifted. I feel more peace and less anxious. I believe that's the Lord's way of telling me that he is pleased that I've helped one of his precious daughters. Jennifer told me in her no-nonsense way that I just needed to stop caring about the things that don't matter and just make time for the things that do. Hmm, seems like I've heard that theme somewhere. Wink, wink. Oh, keeping the important things important? Hmm, don't you just hate it when someone who doesn't even listen to your podcast gives you your own advice? Someone was trying to tell me something. And Jamie reminded me that most people don't see what you think they see or care what you think they care about. Most people will never know or care that your house isn't perfectly clean. Isn't that the truth? Kathy has a system that includes making a list for the entire week and then turning it over to God, asking Him to help her be a tool in His hands. During her morning prayers, she asks if there is anything more important to Him that she can add to that list, then listens with real intent to promptings of who and how she can serve. I love what she shared about her evening report through prayer. She said those prayers include... Heavenly Father, I did the best I could today. I completed these important things, blank, 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 and I let these things go, blank, 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 blank. She fills in the blanks. Are you pleased with me? And then she listens. Boy, there's someone who speaks with God. She fills her bucket with family and things she enjoys during her spare time. Okay, I know the woman. How she ever finds a spare time is a mystery to me, but her list inspired me to say the least. 
I have so much respect for Becky, who shared this message. I had an opportunity to hear some thoughts from Brooke Walker in a Studio 5 interview recently at a work conference. Someone asked her about that so-called balance, and she basically said there is no such thing. You can't just picture the scales perfectly balanced. Some days we give more to work than our families. Some days it's the opposite, and our family is the priority. More importantly, though, she said that when she's at work, she's at work. When she's home, she's home. Be where you are, basically. It's a state of mindfulness that I'm currently working on. So I guess to better answer your actual question, some days you're more involved in selfless service and others are filled with activities meant to re-energize and take care of yourself. I think the balance we feel has little to do with math and more to do with how we feel inside. Oh, I love that. Her thoughts really resonated with the thoughts I'd been feeling all week. In the Doctrine and Covenants 2813, the Lord said, quote, All things must be done in order. End quote. So, what does that mean? Could we consider that if you're a single college student, that order might look different than the young mother of four who can't find a second to herself? Could that order fall out of order when disease, unemployment, or any number of bumps in the road detour our well-laid plans or even derail us altogether for a time? I believe the perfect example of order in this case is clearly illustrated by the first article of faith. 1. We believe in God the Eternal Father and in His Son Jesus Christ and in the Holy Ghost. Is there a reason that that is article of faith number 1? That it comes first? I'm thinking so. I'm beginning to see that when we really try to keep the important things important, everything else just kind of falls in place. If we truly believe in God, the Eternal Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, then we must also believe what they say about, well, everything. I had to think that one through. And it took a while. The sacramental prayer also came to mind. The covenant we make to always remember Him, that we might have His Spirit to be with us. Always doesn't mean after our own needs. It means instead of. But if we put Him and His desires for us first, then He'll grant us the means whereby that we may accomplish all things, including those things that are important to us, including our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And sometimes, in His wisdom, those things may be the priority. In the Doctrine and Covenants 2510, I just love the revelation that the Prophet Joseph Smith received for his dear wife, Emma, during a time of extreme stress, anxiety, and disappointment. It says, quote, Verily I say unto thee that thou shalt lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better, end quote. Therein lies the secret, don't you think? The General Conference Address by Dieter F. Uchtdorf, titled Good, Better, Best, teaches us similar principles. But the bottom line is, I believe we can find balance in serving selflessly as we put ourselves aside for a time to tend to the needs of others. But at other times, we need, like the Savior, to step aside from the needs of the people to restore our strength to continue to move forward with renewed energy and purpose. Now, you may be thinking, um, this isn't rocket science. <laughs> Why did it take her so long to get it? And guess what? You're right. I know this. You know this. Keeping your balance on the high wire of life is hard, and we can get out of balance sometimes, but that's life. 
the way we look at it through the lens of trusting God with our time and striving to align our intentions with His is where the clarity lives. Do you remember the Twilight movie sagas? Well, at the very end, as all the characters were fading out, you heard Bella's voice saying, nothing had changed, but everything was different. That's exactly how I feel tonight as I wrap up another episode. I'm so truly grateful for the chance I've had to learn and grow from you. As I've shared with you tonight, my manna and meatloaf tribe, I just love knowing that you're here, and I hope you're getting as much out of our time together as I am. Thanks so much for joining me. (laughs) 